For years, women have been able to laser away their wrinkles, laser away any unwanted hair, and laser away those regrettable tattoos. It was only a matter of time for lasers to be used to perk up a less than fabulous sex life. And it's not just gynecologists doing these vaginal procedures. Everyone's in on it. Dermatologists, plastic surgeons. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that dentists were offering it. I mean, they have the chair. A lot of vaginas are being lasered. In this episode, I'm going to fill you in on what all the fuss is about. If lasers work to restore vaginal lubrication and elasticity, what the downsides are, and if it's something to consider. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. When it comes to menopause, midlife, and what comes after, I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. If women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information. Let me start by saying that when I founded the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, I started a vaginal laser program, which continues to be very successful. So I have a great deal of personal experience and have performed hundreds of procedures. You may wonder why up until now, I've never talked about laser treatments. I've covered every other kind of treatment for vaginal dryness as a consequence of menopause, lubricants, moisturizers, local vaginal estrogen, creams, rings, tablets, inserts, DHEA, espemaphine, but I haven't talked about laser. Not because I don't think it's a legitimate treatment. The reason I haven't talked about it is because it's not covered by insurance. Most people can't afford it. But if you're thinking about it, I've done segments on lots of things that are uncovered by insurance. And let's face it, people spend billions of dollars a year on products that aren't covered by their insurance to help their menopause symptoms. And unlike cooling sprays and bogus half-flash treatments, this is one that actually works. And if I needed any more convincing, this question came in. I am 55 years old and suffer with severe vaginal atrophy, symptoms of severe vaginal dryness, pain with sex, overall discomfort on a daily basis. I am currently using vaginal estradiol cream three times a week for the last 10 months. My next step is vaginal rejuvenation. My doctor currently offers the Celine Touch laser. Can you please tell me your thoughts on vaginal rejuvenation and if you prefer one laser treatment over another? Thank you. So Kat, thanks for the question. While Kat's physician recommended laser, most physicians caution against having this procedure. Their caution is understandable given the number of published studies that report that laser doesn't work. Not to mention marketing that's misleading and offensive and the proliferation of laser procedures being offered by people who have no business doing them. Professional organizations such as the American College of OBGYN and the Menopause Society caution against it. So it's not surprising that a lot of doctors say, no way, don't do it. But I maintain that in the right hands, when offered to the right people, it can be a safe and effective treatment for genital urinary syndrome of menopause and will increase vaginal lubrication and elasticity. So now I'm going to back up and explain. The vaginal laser isn't that new of a device. Since 2014, when the CO2 laser became FDA cleared, hundreds of thousands of procedures have been performed worldwide. But before I get to how it works, I have to start with talking about the term vaginal rejuvenation. I do not use and have never used the term vaginal rejuvenation. 
Vaginal rejuvenation is a marketing, not a medical term, which companies and doctors often use to market not just lasers, but lots of devices, procedures, and potions to improve the appearance or even shrink the vagina. But vaginal rejuvenation is not only an offensive term and implies that your vagina needs special treatments to appear youthful or attractive, but it's a term that has no real definition. Let me be clear. The CO2 laser is not a cosmetic device. The CO2 laser is a medical device that's used to treat a medical condition, genital urinary syndrome of menopause. Genital urinary syndrome of menopause, also known as GSM, is defined by very specific physical changes and symptoms for which there are recognized treatment options, all of which I've covered in prior episodes. So a big red flag that you should not have someone do this procedure, regardless of their specialty, is if they market it as vaginal rejuvenation and maybe talk about doing it for cosmetic purposes or to perk up a lackluster sex life. If you do not have GSM, meaning your tissues are not dry or thin, the laser will not help your sex life, your libido, or your ability to have an orgasm, even though it is often marketed to do so. The same women that benefit from a local vaginal estrogen are the same women that would potentially benefit from a vaginal laser procedure. Now, given that local vaginal estrogen creams, rings, tablets, and inserts, CHEA, and oral espemaphine are all safe and effective, why would a woman choose to go to the vaginal laser route? Why should it even be offered? Let's start with the fact that even though 70% of women have genital urinary syndrome of menopause, less than 10% of symptomatic women use one of those safe and effective prescription products. The number is even lower in survivors of a gynecologic or breast cancer. And there are a variety of reasons why this number is so low. First of all, there are women who are not bothered by the inability to have intercourse. It's not important enough to treat. Second, some women don't want to use a product on a regular basis. It's inconvenient, and depending on the product, might be messy. Third, despite reassurances, lots of women are worried about the safety of local vaginal estrogen because of something they've read or something they were told by a misinformed healthcare professional. And fourth, and this is probably the biggest reason, most women are never given options, and they think the pain and the dryness is something they need to live with. So to the critics of the laser that say there's no need for it since we have other safe, effective options to treat genital urinary syndrome and menopause, I agree. But in the real world, most women are not taking advantage of those options. They're not given those options. 90% of women with vaginal dryness, painful sex, vulvar itching and burning, and urinary urgency just live with it. And that's not right. If after being fully informed and educated about options, a woman chooses to spend the money and go the laser route, she should have that option. But it's all about getting the right information to make an informed decision. In my practice, when a woman would show up requesting a laser procedure, the first thing that would happen after an exam to establish that she had genital urinary syndrome of menopause was a long discussion to make sure that she knew all of her options other than laser. And in at least 50% of cases, especially after learning that laser wouldn't be covered by insurance, she would choose something else, maybe a local vaginal estrogen or a DHEA suppository. But some women with established genital urinary syndrome of menopause, even after knowing all of their options, still choose to go ahead with laser. 
Sometimes they just don't want to use standard treatment or have been told not to, especially to women with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Some women have had success with the standard treatment, but either find it hard to keep up with the routine of putting something in their vaginas on a regular basis or just don't want to. I get it. Given the choice, if it works equally well to do a 15-minute procedure once a year, as opposed to putting something in the vagina twice a week and money's not an issue, that's a legitimate choice. And some women have a better outcome with laser than with a lot of standard treatments. And while estrogen cream will pretty much always fix that problem, it's messy and just not acceptable for some women. And finally, I've had a number of women that have really severe atrophy and benefit from dual treatment, meaning the use of both a local vaginal estrogen and laser. So now that I've made my case that in the right hands, the right woman will benefit, let me explain how it works and what to expect if you're thinking this is the way you want to go. The top layer of healthy estrogenized vaginal tissue has abundant collagen and fibrin and a very rich blood supply. Post-menopause, the top layer is pretty much non-existent. Carbon dioxide lasers, CO2 lasers, deliver controlled energy to stimulate your own cells to make more collagen, more fibrin, and increase your own blood supply, resulting in restoration of the lubrication elasticity that's vanished as a consequence of menopause. Now, some women worry about the laser harming internal organs. Uh, the depth of laser penetration is minuscule, basically no more than the thickness of a credit card. So it's not going to hit your bowel or any other vital organs. But those few millimeters of penetration are deep enough to kick in your own body's wound repair systems to resurface thin, dry tissue and make it plump and healthy with restoration of those all-important wrinkles that allow your vaginal walls to expand instead of tear when you have penetrative sex. Post-laser biopsies of the vaginal tissue, when you look under the microscope, are indistinguishable from a premenopausal vaginal wall. Now, in all fairness, the same can be said when women use a local vaginal estrogen product. The tissue responds the same way. The way they work is different, but the end result is the same. Now, when it comes to CO2 lasers, there's a lot of different brands, but the device I chose to use was the Mona Lisa Touch. I don't have a financial relationship with the Mona Lisa people. I chose it because it's the brand that was used in the majority of published scientific trials. So I'm not saying that other brands don't do the same thing or don't work as well. They just don't have the same amount of data. One of the major advantages of laser treatments, other than the convenience of not having to do something on a regular basis, is that the laser is used not only to treat the entire vaginal canal, but also the tissues at the opening of the vagina. That's huge for a lot of women, since many prescription products don't adequately treat the opening of the vagina. And it doesn't matter how nice the room is if you can't get through the door. Like the prescription options, the laser treats other symptoms of genital urinary syndrome of menopause, including vulvar itching, urinary urgency, and painful intercourse. Some data suggests that the laser may also help reduce or eliminate recurrent urinary tract infections and help restore a healthy vaginal microbiome. In clinical trials and my experience, approximately 95% of women report that after the treatment, they have significantly less dryness, less pain, and less irritation, and the majority of women are able to have pain-free penetrative sex. So having said all that, why is it not recommended by many professional societies and most physicians? 
The number of studies of laser treatments are in the hundreds, but the problem is the overwhelming majority are not well designed. Almost none of the original studies have a placebo control. In a placebo-controlled laser study, 50% of the women would get a real laser procedure, and 50% of the women would have a sham laser procedure. Both the real and the sham laser would feel the same and make all the same noises, so the woman would have no way of knowing if she'd had the real deal or a fake laser procedure. Newer studies do include a sham laser group, but the technique and laser settings are still varying widely. There's one 2022 study that's quoted all the time as proof that the laser does not work. In that study, the results of the placebo sham group and the laser group were the same. There was no benefit, according to this study, to having a laser procedure. But if you look closely at the study and the study design, it turns out that only a handful of women in that study were even sexually active. The vestibule wasn't treated, and they didn't use standard laser settings. No wonder it didn't work. Do we need more studies? Absolutely. And there are a number of good studies appropriately done that do demonstrate efficacy and safety. And I'm involved in a number of excellent studies that are currently being run, but it takes time to get these things published. And aside from my anecdotal experience, it's hard to argue in post-laser vaginal biopsies look exactly like post-estrogen vaginal biopsies. So efficacy is one thing, but what about safety? If you spent any time online checking out laser, you will see reports of complications such as scarring and burning. However, in the clinical trials, when women are closely monitored and the laser is done correctly, there are no reports of burning or scarring. And none of the claims you see online have been substantiated. A substantiated claim requires the documentation of an exam prior to the laser treatment, followed by documenting an exam after the treatment. If someone had scarring or pain in the vagina before they had laser and had scarring and pain in the vagina after the laser, the laser didn't cause the problem. I know this sounds obvious, but you would be surprised at the number of reports that have zero substantiation, including one frequently quoted article that was published in a scientific journal. If you have any questions about the legitimacy of online medical statements, I encourage you to spend a few minutes on TikTok. Start by searching why drinking borax is good for your health. Never mind. Look, complications are always possible with any procedure, but the design of the laser and the safety mechanisms in place make these kinds of events unlikely. Keep in mind, this same laser has been used for a very long time on a variety of skin conditions, including for tattoo removal, and no substantiated significant safety issues or adverse reactions have been reported with vaginal laser. And my own experience, while unpublished, is well, it's really good. I honestly have had only a handful of patients who are not satisfied with results or were sorry they did it. So here's what to expect when you show up for a laser treatment. First and foremost, again, it is critically important that prior to treatment, someone examines you to determine if you would benefit. That includes an evaluation of vaginal tissue, vulvar tissue, and pelvic floor muscles. Once it's confirmed that your symptoms are a result of vaginal atrophy as a consequence of genital urinary syndrome of menopause, you're good to go. Laser treatment involves three five-minute sessions spaced six weeks apart. So you're done 12 weeks from the first session. Here's what to expect. After assuming your favorite gynecologic position, a local anesthesia cream is applied to the vaginal opening and vulva. 
Occasionally, some women will feel a slight burning from the cream, but it takes only a few minutes for the numbness to set in, at which point women often ask if they can take a tube home for their next bikini wax. The cream is then wiped off and a slender wand is placed in the vagina. I treat roughly 60 spots in the vagina by withdrawing and rotating the wand. The laser settings ensure that by using this technique, the entire surface of the vagina is treated. This goes faster than you think with someone who's experienced, usually a couple of minutes. My patients report feeling only a gentle vibration while the laser's in the vagina. If you smell something burning, don't panic. It's not you. Residual anesthetic cream causes a burning odor when it's hit by the laser beam. After the vagina is treated, I switch to a different laser head with a small, flat surface to treat the opening of the vagina, the vestibule, and if needed, any dry areas outside of the vestibule. Because of the local anesthetic, this part of the procedure is also pain-free. The whole thing generally takes less than 10 minutes. Afterward, most women are totally fine other than having a general awareness that something was done. I have the occasional patient that does feel a little uncomfortable, but it rarely lasts more than a day. Slathering the vulva with aquaphor for the first 24 hours is helpful, particularly because it protects the area from urine, which tends to cause vaginal burning when it hits the treated area. Most women go about their business. Other than the business of intercourse, you need to refrain for at least two or three days. Now, how soon the procedure kicks in is highly variable. There's a big difference between the woman who prior to the laser was having intercourse on a regular basis, but just wants to stop using her local estrogen, and the woman who's not had intercourse in 20 years. Some women tell me they're aware of a huge difference after the first treatment, but most women need all three treatments to get where they need to go. Occasionally, I need to do a fourth treatment. And just like women who are not pain-free after a prescription product, many women post-laser need dilator or pelvic floor physical therapy to get tight, painful pelvic muscles to relax. The results generally last around a year, which means that an annual booster treatment is required. Having said that, I have patients who need a booster after 10 months and others who can go 14 to 16 months. Your vagina did not read the manufacturer's manual, and there's a huge difference in degree of dryness, usage, and response. The main downside is that medical CO2 laser treatments can run into the thousands of dollars and are not covered by insurance. I'm well aware that the majority of women can barely afford their local vaginal estrogen, which all too often is not covered by insurance. But if you are paying out of pocket for your local vaginal estrogen, the cost of the laser may not be a whole lot different. One woman told me the choice was between pleasurable sex for a year and a vacation in Florida for a week. She chose sex for a year. In a perfect world, it would be covered. I started a program at Northwestern so that women with a breast cancer diagnosis who couldn't afford it were able to get free laser treatments. During the two years we ran the program, we treated dozens of young women with breast cancer who'd given up on ever having sex again. They did not pay a penny, so many of them crying with joy at the opportunity. The doctors and nurses donated their time and donors paid for the cost of the laser. It convinced me that this needs to happen. It can be done and shouldn't be prohibitively expensive. Do I think it's going to be covered by insurance anytime soon? Honestly, I really don't. So how expensive is it? Well, prices vary widely, but don't fall into the trap of having it done by a dermatologist or plastic surgeon at a Medispa just because they charge less than your gynecologist. Think about it. Would you have your gynecologist do your facelift? Here's the thing. It's not a difficult procedure to perform. 
but only gynecologic physicians and advanced practice gynecologic clinicians, such as nurse practitioners and physician assistants, have the expertise to evaluate the vaginal and vulvar tissue and determine the cause of your pain. Often non-gynecologists treat the vaginal canal, but not the opening or external tissues. Vaginal laser should only be performed by someone that routinely performs vaginal procedures, and that would not be your plastic surgeon or your dermatologist. This is so important because sometimes pain during intercourse has nothing to do with vaginal dryness and will not be helped by laser treatment. Case in point, I met a woman when I was speaking at a cancer survivor event who prior to her cancer diagnosis suffered from terrible pain during sex. Her plastic surgeon didn't do a gynecologic exam, assumed her problem was dryness, and offered to treat her using a vaginal laser. The first round of three treatments didn't help, so she went back for an additional two treatments. Thousands of dollars and months later, she finally went to a gynecologist who diagnosed ovarian cancer as the root of her pain. Now, my point is not that you likely have cancer if it doesn't work. My point is that if she had been appropriately evaluated, she would not have wasted time and money on worthless treatments. And even more important, her diagnosis and appropriate treatment would not have been so delayed. So tell your plastic surgeon to stick to your wrinkly face and leave it to your gynecologist to restore wrinkles to your vaginal walls. A few specific situations I want to mention. Women who have lichen sclerosis, an inflammatory skin condition that causes itching, burning, and painful vulvar skin, often ask if the laser will help. It has been studied, and the data does not show that laser will treat lichen sclerosis. And at this time, lasers should not be used to treat lichen sclerosis. However, many women with lichen sclerosis also have vaginal atrophy, and it's fine to do laser to treat the atrophy. But even if your symptoms are better, If you have lichen sclerosis, don't stop using your topical steroids. Having said that, anecdotally, I've had many patients with both lichen sclerosis and genital urinary syndrome of menopause who have a dramatic improvement in cracking or splitting of their skin after laser treatments. So even though laser will not treat the underlying inflammation of lichen sclerosis, it does help with wound healing. Another special group are women that have undergone radiation to treat pelvic cancers and end up with severe vaginal dryness as a result. There's been essentially no research on the use of laser in women who have dry, painful skin after undergoing pelvic radiation. And while there's no reason to believe it will be harmful, the fibrotic changes that occur post-radiation may not respond to stimulation with the laser. By the way, It's important to know that radio frequency is not the same thing as CO2 laser. They're often lumped together, but it's a completely different treatment. There's a lot of marketing that claims to help genital urinary syndrome of menopause and lots of other symptoms, but the data is really, really sparse. So Kat, circling back to you, I can't tell you if the laser is going to help you. I haven't examined you, and I don't know why your estrogen treatments haven't solved the problem. If your doctor doesn't have an explanation as to why estrogen isn't working, you may want to get a second opinion. Also, if you haven't already, take a listen to episode 27, Using Vaginal Estrogen But Sex Still Hurts Like Hell. If you decide to go ahead with vaginal laser treatments, Don't let someone laser your vagina if they call it vaginal rejuvenation, if they haven't examined you first, and if they don't plan on treating both the vagina and the vestibule. But if you are a candidate, there's a really good chance that you'll know why Mona Lisa 
is smiling. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. Oh,